man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. It's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly Podcast this week of January 3rd, 2022, Season 4, Episode number 1, guys. It's the Mm. first episode of 2022 with Charles, as well as Dahlia. What's up, guys? Hey-o! Hey-o! Good evening, everyone. Uh, (laughs) uh, Good evening, good morning, good good afternoon. Um, I'm not sure. Are we still in 2021? We're this is 2022 now. We are recording this at the very end of 2021. You have now stepped into a new generation. <laughs> That's oh, right. It's, it's going to take me a minute to like figure out what year I'm in. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be an Third adjustment. Year of COVID. Okay. But we got some stories to kick it off for you guys here in the new year. Uh, not as many rock stories as we'd like, of course. It's kind of a you know transitional time. Uh, everybody's kind of chilling. Uh, but it's our first episode, so let's get to it. New music updates from Avenged Sevenfold and Green Day. We'll let you know what's going on with their new albums. And Vinyl had its biggest selling week since 1991, guys. We'll talk about that. Oh, Ozzy yeah. announcing his NFT crypto back collection mm. that's coming up for sale. Rush announces a Stern pinball collaboration with those special high notes that you can't wait to hear, Charles. Uh-huh. Getty Lee, when you hit that ball. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Hit, hit the ball. <laughs> Plus some music history trivia, weekly WCF, so much more. All of our links are up, rocknewsweekly.com. Uh, don't forget you guys can subscribe. I'm actually going to lower it down to $1.99 a month here coming up uh, for the uh, subscription. So maybe by the time you guys hear this, it'll be only $1.99 a month. Oh, wow, and that's you'll get, cheap. I know, right? You get access to exclusive interviews, bands, musicians, all our stuff from Aftershock, plus all of our crazy ads that everybody likes to listen to on their own. You can listen to every single ad that we've got on your own convenience uh, $1.99 a month, you get all uh, all that extra stuff. So check it out, anchor.fm slash rocknewsweekly slash subscribe. Oh, yeah, that's not a lot at all. No. no. I mean, $3.99 a month I thought was pretty good, but then I'm like, you know what? Let's let's keep it even lower. Why yeah. not? Why not? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's not about money for us here, and we want everybody to be able to access that stuff. So, uh, yeah, check it all out. Mm-hmm. We're also on Google Podcasts and Amazon Audible, so make sure you guys check that out in the new year here if that's what you guys like to listen to. Maybe you got a smart speaker at home. You want to say, play the Rock News Weekly Podcast. You can mm-hmm. do all that stuff. It's pretty awesome. You better do it. I want to make a shout-out to everyone who is outside of the U.S. who is listening. That's yes. fucking awesome. 25 Thank countries. 25, 25 countries. 25 countries. That is amazing. It's yeah. pretty awesome. So Thank th- you for your support and uh, your listenership, and we hope that you continue. Well, yeah, and I, I have to apologize for all of my horrible accents. No, I'm sure I- they get a kick out of it. <laughs> I'm sure they like hearing <laughs> uh, Americans yeah. doing bad accents that we think are good. I'll keep doing it then. Yeah. Oh, it sounds good. Right? It could be bringing Ron? them in. could be bringing them in. Ron? 25 different countries were out there, so... Uh, thank you, guys. We've been looking at the statistics, and some of the top countries are in the U.K., in Russia, Australia. So thank you, guys, for everybody that's been listening out there. No matter where you at, we appreciate it, and we hope you guys tune in every week. We try and keep this consistent for you guys. Even if there's not a lot to talk about, we still want to bring you something every week. Uh, new albums coming out in about a week on the 14th of January. Uh, no new albums coming out this Friday. Blood Red Shoes, Bonobo, mm. Broken Social Scene, Cat Power, Elvis Costello, Orlando Weeks, The Lumineers, and Under Oath all mm. have new albums coming out on the 14th. But in the meantime, let's get to some tour news, unfortunate tour news for The Strokes. They had to cancel their New Year's Eve show this past weekend Aww. due to the COVID cases in the New York area. They made the announcement on Twitter, and they said, how can we put this? We're postponing the show. We're so excited to be performing for everyone at Brooklyn at this news New Year's Eve, but the Omicron, Omicron variant has thwarted our plans. Well, they said thwarted. <laughs> Although they use the word postpone, there's really no redo, right, for a yeah. New Year's Eve yeah. show. I don't know when they're going to add new dates on that, but uh, it's kind of a bummer. 
You know, um, you know, in New Year's of 2000, you know who I actually got to see? Who was that? In the Oakland Coliseum. Primus, Incubus, and Buckethead. Oh, wow. On New That's Year's, awesome. At New Year's in Oakland. Les Claypool yeah. always does I mean, an awesome yeah. New Year's show. I got a couple of them. Yeah. It like was Les amazing. Claypool's, uh, you know, yeah. a couple of the Fillmore shows, I've seen him there, and uh, a couple of the other ones, but that's awesome. That sounds like a really oh, good great. show. It, it was great. Really we had the opportunity of doing a New Year's show in Oakland with Primus as well. Uh, oh, nice. Well, we saw that. It was with Danny Carey on the drums from Tool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he filled in, and he did some songs with him, and it was uh, Primus, uh, and I can't remember who was the opening act, but it was a good show. Yeah. He always does an awesome New Year's show. Sergi was there, and he was like, I'm protecting all of my people. <laughs> 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 it was crazy. Oh, if, Lalo, if Lalo was here, he would tell us how you're able to spot Sergio in a crowd in a concert. <laughs> That's right. Yep. He'd be the only one dancing when no one else you know? is dancing, <laughs> and he's having the best time of his life. Yep. That's it. That's why we like to go shows with him. That's it. His best life. Yeah. You gotta love it. So he I can't. Is. I gotta say that the the, the Strokes. Um, ever since I've heard the Strokes, I have always like wanted to live long enough to see the band members from the Strokes start getting Strokes, <laughs> just because I thought that would be wow, epically wow. fitting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of them Eventually, died from a stroke or in their eighties. Yeah. yeah. It's not that I'm wishing. I know that you guys are big fans of the show. It's not that I'm wishing that you have Strokes. <laughs> It's that I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if I'm going to live long enough. That it would, would be ironic, wouldn't it? It would be ironic. It would be very much uh, Alanis Morissette right? if they were to have a strokes. All right. This is kind of ironic. Uh, a decent little segue there. Kiss alumni Ace Freely and Vinnie Vincent both booked on the same festival, but they're not playing together. Oh, I thought you said that it was connected because they had strokes. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> that could be. They're old enough to have that, maybe, in their history. But uh, they're both Kiss guitarists. And they're both playing in their own solo band, mm. and it's part of Creature Fest in 2022. Oh, okay. Uh, other, I, look at all this like 80s rock here. Quiet Riot, John Karabi of Motley Crue, which is like oh. the dude who filled in for Vince Neil. Enough Zenough. Oh, okay. There you go. That's clever. <laughs> Vixen, yeah. Return of the Comet, and Pretty Boy Floyd. These mm. are all like old school 80s hair metal type bands. Oh, yeah. This is quite quite the lineup there. Yeah, uh, it's Memorial Day weekend in Sinesta Airport Hotel in Nashville. Yeah, so. a lot of makeup, <laughs> a lot of makeup. But I gotta say, Nashville is kind of cool in terms of they're doing stuff like this, old school '80s stuff. But they're also one of the cutting edge epicenters of music, like new music. Yeah, you know, being out there, classic country. I mean, Nashville's like one of the hot spots right now. So. It's kind of cool. Uh, I, lo- I love seeing these new festivals popping up. When when it does when it does happen, um, at some point Vince Neil is going to fall off a stage. He could he could just be there and be like, "Hey guys, everybody!" And yeah. he just falls directly just falls. off stage right off. And that's it. That's it. That's all he was paid for. That's it. All right, check it out. Rock news this week. This was a big week for vinyl, oh, guys. Yeah. Vinyl sales have been on the rise steadily for the past I don't know uh, five ten years, and. Check it out. This was the biggest week ever since 1991, since they've been keeping track of this stuff. For the week ending December 23rd, Billboard has reported that over 2.11 million vinyl records were sold in America, largely propelled by the holiday season, of course, all that good stuff. Countless reissues of the classics that's all being sold in, like, Amazon places and uh, uh, Barnes & Noble and all that kind of stuff, right? This marks the highest weekly vinyl sales figure since Nielsen started recording that stuff in 1991. And it was an increase of 45%, which is very significant compared to the 1.46 million vinyl records that were sold last year or just the week prior. I'm sorry, uh, just the week before that. It was almost double uh, uh, the amount. Adele's new album apparently was one of the biggest sellers. 59,000 vinyl copies were sold. Oh, yeah. Of Adele's new album, which kind of, I was like, you know, good for the new generation and for the old generation buying vinyl copies of, like, new contemporary artists. Yeah. I, I really like that, you know? Oh, you know what? Uh, T-Pain, of all, it's w- really weird. T-Pain. He's releases, awesome. He released this thing that showed how much it, t- how much streaming it takes for you to get a single dollar? Did and you see that, Chris? It's pitiful. It's pitiful. Yeah, you have to like in on um on YouTube. It has to stream it's like crazy. two thousand like nine hundred and eighty five times. Yep. 
Um, yeah, the only like Napster was the only one that had it to where it stream if it streamed for four hundred thirty-five times, you get a single dollar. Right. He's like, that's just crazy. Yep, it's, and it's, it's a nuts. It needs to be restructured, reorganized, re and uh, the artists are fighting for it. So yeah, yeah. He's exposing it. Artists like that. He's a streamer. He's on Twitch. Yeah. T Pain's a cool guy. He's a gamer, uh, and he's a musician. He shows the whole process on Twitch where he'll like start from nothing and make a song, make the beat, do everything. You yeah, know, do the vocals himself. He's really good to he watch. Can even sing. He can. He can actually sing without a, a vocal thing, even though that's his thing with. The, so yeah. Dahlia, as our as our vinyl expert, why do you think that there's such an increase in sales and in, in vinyl records? Well, it's trendy. They look cool. For example, that's like, true. I, I purchased uh, an album for Chris. Like we don't. What was the record label? Do we want to even shout it out? No, that's fine. I found like a a, a record label from the '80s, and I purchased an album for Chris for Christmas. And it was so cool when it came in. Like, I never heard of it. Okay, so I follow... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going down the rabbit hole now. I follow the Dead Milkman on Instagram. I love Dead Milkman. And I do, too. I wanted the Beelzebubba al- uh, on val- von vinyl for Christmas. Mm-hmm. However, it's, it's, it's coming in the mail. Um, however, there's this record label from the Midwest. And they have... There were like different albums, and one was from what was it, the last four digits. So I was like, I that never... was the name of the band. They're called the last, last four, four digits. digits. Last nice. four digits, yeah. And I, you know, I called our record, uh, our local record store, and they're like, oh no, I don't have that. I'm like, so I found it. And the cool thing is, it came in, and it's like on this clear blue vinyl. So, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is the music is fun. The music's fun. And, and vinyl's back you, because it's hip. And you never know what you're going to get with the vinyl. It's fun to look at. Yeah. you get, It's like a, you know, you get to put it on the oh, yeah. record player. And Chris and has Chris has a dope uh, vinyl collection. Uh, it's does. pretty it's vast. Okay. It's all right. It's, it's, well, it's vast compared to mine, which is none. <laughs> well, I guess if you're comparing it to none, which then is yeah. Zero. It's okay. But like compared to my friend Craig, it's like it's nothing. You Craig. Know? But uh, so yeah. I guess Good. ultimately going back, <laughs> the fun thing about it is like getting your vinyl and it's like a different every time. Oh, it's cool. And the quality is like amazing. getting a CD. Well, and they're giving you a digital download code with the vinyl. So yeah. it's the yeah. best of both worlds. Yeah. You get your digital, you get the physical, enjoy it all. The yeah. band gets more money. You get something like a keepsake and a physical thing. I oh, think yeah. it's a win-win, right? For sure. You use a weapon too. Yep. Throw it, if you throw it hard enough. <laughs> It'd sink into somebody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that is pretty, true. Awesome. It could it could draw blood. Absolutely. Um, all right. You I've... know, also what's fun is like if you're doing a record night, like picking out like something from the wall. Oh yeah. Instead of like just scrolling for something or searching for something, it's fun just like pick what you right. have in your collection. Yeah, when or you just, have a physical collection. Yeah, just yeah. randomly or just randomly pick something. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, and it and is cool to that do on. that. Yep. Um, all right, some more rock news. Check it out. Avenged Sevenfold's going to be working on their new album next month. Uh, Avenged Sevenfold's M. Shadows gave a new interview saying the band will go in the studio next month to record. He said, quote, I would just say starting in January, we're going to put our nose to the grind and we're going to finish this new record. We have a huge stage that we want to get built uh, regarding the live show. He says we can't get people to work. We can't get the supplies we need to build it. Although they have plans to work on the record, the band is in no rush to release their music. He said, let the world get a little back to normal, and then when people are ready, we'll know. We have a good sense of that. We'll slowly finish it up and then unleash it when the world's ready, end quote. I think he uh, the whole thing was that this uh, new album from uh, Avenged Sevenfold is supposed to have like orchestras and stuff in oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, like uh, a bunch of different musicians and stuff. And so they want to release it when they can do it live because it's a lot. They want to be like a live album. Oh, yeah. So they haven't released it yet because they can't go do their live show that they want to do to support it. So I'm it looks not, like next year is going to be the year. I'm, I'm excited. Wasn't like their first song that they came like their first debut song? Wasn't it based back, back off country? like a hundred? Thompson. Yeah, it was well, Backcountry. Yeah, yeah, their first yeah. single. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's their first song or anything, but yeah, Backcountry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, they. Um, so I'm not a big fan of their their music. Uh, like when I listen to it on the radio, 
but I have seen them live, and they put on an amazing. They're a good live band. Amazing live performance. And their their guitarists and stuff, uh, oh, Sinister Gates. Oh, that guy, that guy point. is a really good guitar player. The dueling guitars, too. Yeah, when a they're, they're seven, classic. Oh like God. it's like almost like a maiden or like yeah. a new a new kind of heavy metal. They are really good live. Yeah, yeah. And R.I.P. Jimmy the Rev Sullivan. He died. I think it was. Uh, I saw the um, the reminder. It was like ten years ago or nine years ago or something. In two thousand nine, he died. Right around this time, it yeah. was like December twenty eighth or something like that, and I was like, "Fuck, that's right! It's oh, been yeah. that long." I saw them before and that his, too. So. He was the heart and soul of that band in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, that he was a very unique drummer. He didn't. He did his own thing and kind of very unique style that yeah. they they couldn't find anybody to replace him for a while, and they didn't know how to kind of go forward. But um, anyway. Just Avenged Sunfold, cool guys, cool band. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to the new album. Sounds yeah. cool. Wouldn't wouldn't be uh, famous if it wasn't for Good Charlotte. And ah. that's right. They brought him to yeah. TRL. Yeah. Really with weird. Carson Daly. We we were talking about that story where it was <laughs> it was Good Charlotte was on TRL or whatever, and they're like, yeah, these are our good friends, Avenged Sevenfold, and yeah. they got this new single and they like put it on there and oh, yeah. it took off, and that was Backcountry. Yeah, and that was the first single. And it was a weird single, kind yeah. of a different band, and it's still you hear it today, and it cuts through because it's so different, you know. Oh, yeah, you know sure. what's fun is like when you've like felt like you've listened to everything on the radio that you had listened to, and you're like you, you know, you come complacent, and then all of a sudden this band comes out with like a new song. Oh yeah, that you've never heard of. And you're like, that, oh yeah. my god, yeah, it's amazing. You yeah, revitalized. they were one of those groups. They oh yeah, were. Uh, yes. Ben Sumfold yeah. at their time was one of those groups yeah david crosby even these guys (laughs) at their time in their peak on the the next band i'm gonna talk about were one of those bands that kind of broke through maybe now they're a little homogenous a little uh kind of predictable but at the time when they first came out they were really good and that's green day and they've teased some new music they're releasing some new music i'm not a huge fan of their stuff lately i'm a diehard green Uh, day fan from the very beginning I, I listened to 1039 Kerplunk before it was cool and mm-hmm. before those guys uh, Lookout Records, that whole Berkeley record label, all those guys on there. They're kind of, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't want to say like, I don't know, d- going down a different road or whatever, but they're being themselves. Yeah. And they're yeah. having fun and they're this is where they're at in their lives. And it's foolish for me to like hang on to the early days of a band. Yeah, because I see that so much, and I I don't like that from the outside looking in when people do that, you know. Yeah, and but at the same time, you know that when you're a fan of a band, that era of that band and that music holds a special place for you, and it kind of it's a nostalgia thing. Almost, oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I could like, say the same about Metallica. Right. I mean, any I, of, any yeah. of those bands that you like from the beginning. Yep. Yep. Their yep. first couple albums, like man, they were so like authentic. They, they were hungry, they wanted to, they were passionate, you know? Yep, yep, yep. No matter what type of band, right? But then about three or four albums in, they start getting to where they're like, how Spinal Tap makes fun of it. Like, oh yeah, let's do the rock opera album. Let's do the jazz odyssey. Let's do all this crazy shit, the 10 minute long songs. Yeah. That yeah. I'm kind of like, I don't really want to hear all yeah. that, you know, yeah, to yeah. be honest. And I don't want to see it live. Yeah. I, I'm in that, you know, category of like, I want to see the short and the sweet the good stuff, the old stuff, the stuff that made me like you, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But that's nostalgic, and I and I want to try and break away from that, too, yeah. and be accepting of where they're at now. Yeah, you can still appreciate yeah. them as I'm not trying to downplay say, it. Yeah. yeah. But I, at the same yeah. time, I'm not super excited. I'll be honest. I'm not going to, you know, I'll be like, so, oh, man, I can't like, wait for this new I'm going to, like, album. interject yeah. and cut okay. in. Like, so who do we pay, like, homage, homage to? Is it the record labels? For these bands that we love so much, who put mm. them on the radio for us to listen Good to? Question. Like who? Who do we pay tribute to? Okay, ultimately, so what aspect of it though? Like mm. why they're on the radio? Like no, how? Why well, we got know on why we know how they like infiltrated? Well, a, no, but yeah, you want to. But the, wanna, but the producers, like, I don't feel like the producers get enough shout outs. You know what I mean? No, that's, make... that's true. There's a new Netflix special uh, about that actually about the producers. That's a really good point. I mean, yeah. like with. Lookout Records with Green Day, for example, there was a very controversial thing that happened, like where Kerplunk hit, and then they signed to Reprise for Dookie. Yeah, yeah. and they basically said all the fans on, you know, they they've sold out, right? 
they fucking sold out. They've cut their roots from their, uh, you know, they forgot where they came from and blah, blah, blah. Isn't it funny that no one's saying a band is sold out? Haven't you, like, not heard that term in the past, like, 10, 15 years? I just listen to the Tool song, uh, A Hooker with a Penis. <laughs> and talk about sold out. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that was, you know, back then when it, that was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not a thing anymore. People yeah. are like, fuck, if you can get the money and you can get a good deal, then fucking go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But back in the 90s, it was like, you lost your credibility. Oh, yeah. You've you've sold out to reprise records. How could you do that? Why don't you stay on this fucking bullshit label that pays you nothing and has horrible PR? God, that's why I like that song so much, Hooker with a Penis. I mean, it came out in 1996, and it was like, you know, he was like, hey, I sold Describe my it soul for people make, that don't yeah. know. We're talking about a Tool song. Yeah, it's a Tool song off the album Anemia. And it's, and a, it's, it's a deep cut. It's not a very God. popular track. Do you track. say Anemia or I say Enema? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> well, it's that asterisk, like, anima. AE type of. Yeah. No one knows. We don't. Know. Yeah, right? it was. A, yeah, it was a. It Charles was probably knows. A play, a play on that. Yeah, I, I read the the book, the, and and it's like a play on words, but the song itself is just, you know, he's Maynard is like, yeah, I, yeah, I sold out. Yeah, fuck, yeah. My music's awesome. Fuck you, dude. Like, yeah, they want to give me this X amount of dollars for my <laughs> yeah. music? Then fucking I'm going to sell it to them. Yeah. Hey, that sounds all right. Yeah, I'm still making music that I love, and you but guys are buying it. Send me money, right? The problem is now that we're seeing like 20 years later, those record deals were very fucked up. The record yeah. industry was very predatory, where they kept the masters of, of a lot of these things. Yeah. And bands now, 20 years later, are fighting to have their own masters. To yeah. re- you know, Taylor Swift had to re- record her album. I'm not a fan of her or her music per se, but I thought it was really punk rock and badass for her to re-record her album to say, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to just re-record this album. You can own the masters to that, but I'm going to re-record it, and I have all my fans and my community behind me, and they're going to re-buy it. And this is my album, and this is the way I want to do it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like when Prince had to change his name to get out of his record uh, contract. Yeah. Change his name to a symbol. Well, you can't fucking do anything there, can you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's like super punk rock, you know? Yeah. That's what, you know, we we kind of, I don't know, strayed away from that a little bit, and I think there's a handful of artists out there that still feel very passionately about that, that they will do anything they can to have creative control over what they created. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, crazy to say, right? Yeah, I guess... Well, I guess to Dahlia's question, I guess if you were to pay homage to somebody, it would probably be the combination of the musicians and the producer. Mm-hmm. Rick Rubin. The, yeah, Rick, Rick Rubin, Rubin is a big one, right? Like, yes. Rick, Rick Rubin, if it wasn't for Rick Rubin, then there would be no uh, Chop Suey because he, yes. he's the one who found that, that little there bridge be, in that song. There would be no Carrie King guitar solo on the Beastie Boys oh, yeah. track, Fight for Your Right to Party, Oh yeah, because Rick Rubin was producing both of those albums at the same time, yep, and he's yep. like, you know what? I'm producing Slayer's album right now. Why don't we get Carrie King in here to put this fucking solo on Fight for Your Right to Party? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he was producing both bands at the same time, both legendary bands, both oh, legendary yeah. albums. The producer has the vision and the the ear to be like, this is what you guys need to do. This is who we need to do it with. Yeah. And you're uh, right. That that credit doesn't get get given enough. No, it doesn't. And to flip it, like imagine being in a band and your producer, like if your producer is ever regroup and you're going to be like, yes, sir, whatever, sir. But can you imagine like a producer saying, oh, no, this song needs to sound like this like it needs to sing more tw- it needs to sound more twangy or this can you imagine like writing your own songs producing your own songs brutal. and then somebody else coming along saying, being like nah needs- this sucks you yeah need a, and, you need and, a, and a and female singer mind, on it yeah and, and in your mind as the like, the person who wrote the song you're like oh my god how could anyone yeah who the fuck are you want to like listen to it like this yeah and then they do yeah and it's fucking amazing. Because yeah, it's yeah. that third party, that outside looking in, yes. that's like it's not influenced yeah. by your emotion and who you are. They hear it with like a blank slate in their mind, and they're like, no, you know what this needs is this. And you're like, I've never thought of that. What are you talking about? Well, I never thought of that. Like, oh my God, it, it sounds like a shit. cello. It yeah. could use a string yeah. quartet in the background. You're like, what? And then when it happens, you're like, holy shit, man. It's a fucking, you know, yeah. a number one track. Yeah, let's try it. 
Let's try right. it. See what it sounds like. Like for uh, REM, they always talked about how like uh, losing my religion, yes, that little fucking you. mandolin part oh, yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't part of it, but it's such an iconic. Yeah, and they're part like, please don't it? put that on there, and that's what made the song. And that's yeah. what makes like the song is that little mandolin, and you yeah. wouldn't even think that it, a, an instrument like that that no one plays in the band. Well, what makes the song is is the fact that uh, Michael Stipe is a three thousand <laughs> year old uh, cancer survivor, alien, alien, actually, yeah, yeah exactly. He, who he rises came from the yeah. planet Cancer? He did, and came back, and actually, uh, and he was born in July. It's <laughs> a fun fact. So he is a cancer. I, none of that's true. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Kids, 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 kids. Do you like corn? Do you like camp? Are you tired of the same boring routine in that dull Midwestern opiate-infested farm town? Punching walls in the arms of your friends and moshing in your stepdad's basement like a freak? Are you a freak? You're a freak! Then head down to our kids' camp in sunny Bakersfield, California, where we've remodeled 40 acres of shitty asphalt, old dollar stores, and tire shops into an Iowan-style corn maze and campground just for you, freak! Two weeks of 10-hour day camp courses brought to you by our favorite new metal group, Corn, Corn, Corn. Each day is jam-packed with individual lessons from these grindy, whiny, screaming giants of rock, including Wednesday to Sunday, four-hour nightly sessions on head bandana folding straight from bassist Reginald Fieldy Arvizu, a daily two-hour nature walk, spotting both alive and dead ground squirrels with James Monkey Schaefer on the side of California's infamous Interstate 5. Yeah! An incredible three-hour-long daily lesson with frontman Jonathan Spunky Davis on how to effectively ruin a hard-ass song with the 30-second interlude of whiny voice and out-of-sync instruments. As a special treat, former band member Brian Head Welch personally crawls under the blankets by your feet to wake you at 4 a.m. with fervent prayer whispers, then leads you to a wet spot in a lawn where he anoints you with the soot in the name of evangelical Jesus Christ. Brothers, only do not use your freedom as in an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That's pretty disturbing. Bless, 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 bless. Hour of Power by 10-time Academy Award nominee and Moon Children of Bogonathon cult veteran, Tildy Sweeney-Doo. My God! Bedtime loudspeaker reading of Maze for the Gods, unearthing the 9,000-year-old history of corn, and much, much, much more! So tell your parents to get online now, you freak! Wow, corn camp sounds so cool. They better fucking bust out that almost maxed out credit card and visit www.corncampwithallks.com and bust a load of 2K on the best damn three weeks of your life at Corn Camp. Corn Camp. Corn Camp. Not an officially licensed product. Corn Camp not legally tied to ban corn. Special taxes and rates may apply. Not available to residents in the state of Wisconsin or to Fred Durst or any Limp Biscuit affiliates. All rights reserved. Rocknewsweekly.com. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some more rock news, guys. <laughs> Check it out. This isn't really rock news, but it's weird, and Ozzy's part of it here. Ozzy announces his NFT collection, which is called Crypto Bats. Non-fungible tokens. <laughs> <laughs> so he oh says... Oh, my God. <laughs> here's Ozzy's quote. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Quote, I've been trying to get in on the NFT action for a while, so when I... Asked Sharon for a bored ape for Christmas after several failed attempts of buying my own, and she said no. I decided to create my own. Mm. In referencing one of his infamous, infamous moments of biting the head off of a live bat, he said, Crypto Bats is an effing mental project for NFT collectors and fans. The design pays tribute to one of my most iconic onstage moments and is a chance to acquire a rare piece of art history. Okay. I love it. The nearly 10,000-piece collection will be available in January. It's actually a 9,666-piece collection. Oh, okay. And I saw, I was like, oh, that's kind oh, of cool. that's clever. And kind of lame, but... Do you... Are, are you watching that, like, Osborne show? 
Is it, it's they like still Jack have a Oz? Oz? What do you mean the Oz? I've been. I, I think it's just like reruns wow. right now. No, where no, like, I'm not watching that. They, I saw it 10, 15 years no, ago. No, what the no, hell do no, I care? No, it's not the Osborne. It's a new one. It's like it's a, Jack Osborne where he talks about paranormal oh, type stuff, oh, and then no. Sharon oh, Ozzie, I have not, like no. go on there. It's kind of fascinating. All right, you know? well, I think it's in the History Channel. I'll it's have to check it out. Cool. Okay. Oh, right. okay. I did watch a couple of shows where. It was Jack and um, and who else? The sister, and they were like in an RV, and they were kind of driving around. That was that was pretty fun. It, Kelly, it, yeah, Kelly. Uh, they weren't they like Ozzy and Sharon. They weren't on it. It was just Jack. Yeah, and it's Kelly. like a road trip, and they go yeah. around and they do stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, kinda that, was, cool. that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think Jack is actually producing a lot of that stuff now. Oh, he's like a video. Yeah, he's like a video producer and video guy now. So, so good for, good in, for him. In 2022, we'll be giving a whole lot more shout outs to producers on this show. <laughs> That's right. We will. We will. You know we will keep. I agree uh, with that. Yeah, we I will. agree. I agree. Nice. All right, oh check God, this out. It's Rush. It's Rush. Check them out, and it's all pinball now, baby. Wow. It's a pinball machine based on the classic Canadian prog rock band Rush, and it's made by Stern Pinball, and it's super legit. I'm a pinball fan. I was like, this sounds pretty awesome. Uh, they're going to have all kinds of stuff in this new teaser. If you look it up on YouTube, you type in Rush Pinball Machine, it'll be out there. Uh, it's like a minute-long kind of thing, and it gives a little preview. They're going to be playing, you know, it's all their songs, all that stuff, and they have all the things on the pinball machine that's related to the 70s and 80s albums that they had. Okay. Uh, So it's kind of cool. I I love the pinball machine things. You know, Kiss has got one. Iron Maiden's got one. Motley Crue. All all the major rock bands. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat it. It's Rush deserves one. Yeah, it's fun. Pinball's fun. I love that stuff. Yeah. If you you type in Rush Pinball Machine into Google, though, don't be surprised if it's some crazy-ass porn site. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimer. That is a good point, Charles. Yep. Uh, Yeah, all right. Check this out. This is kind of cool. Motorheads. Ooh, Lemmy. Look at Motorheads Road Crew gets tattoos with Lemmy's ashes, reads the headline. Okay. So, is it an Ace of Spades? Well, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know what the actual tattoo is. Maybe I we'll bet see it, it is. Uh, as uh, it's been reported over the years, a number of Lemmy's close personal friends received bullet casings filled with his with his ashes in it. Okay, which is pretty rock and roll. After his death in a new video, Motorhead's longtime tour manager Eddie Rocha, uh, producing uh, produ- production assistant Emmy Emma Setterblad. Jesus, I don't want to scramble my brain. Recently got fresh motorhead tattoos honoring Lemmy that appear to have his ashes blended in with that tattoo ink. As stated in the video on Motorhead's socials, Motorhead means family for life. The two rogue crew members uh, sat for tattoo artist Stina Nyman uh, receiving their Motorhead-themed pieces. Rocha received a tattoo of Lemmy's visage upon his leg, so it's his face. Yeah. Uh, while... Setterblad had a spade tattoo. Oh yeah, yeah, there done we go. upon her leg. There we go. Uh, so <laughs> it, there you go. It had so, to be. A so Chris, if, if if ever you don't know how to pronounce a word, just like do it with an accent, and then it's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> it should be fine. Cedarblad. Cedarblad. Right uh, what what was the other one? It's, it's a Pennington Cedarblad. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so, but Lemmy's birthday was December twenty eighth. Okay. So, R.I.P. Lemmy. Passed away at the age yeah. of 70. Yeah. Uh, fucking awesome, amazing yeah. bass player. Agreed. All right, check this out. This is some sad news, uh, but wanted to report it. It is in the rock world. Paul Stanley from KISS, his entire family has tested positive for the Omicron variant. Oh, wow. Paul Stanley is entire. You know, actually, I've, I've known entire families that have got COVID, and I think that they turned out okay. It's like it's it's if people are vaccinated, I think it's. It, yep, uh, my entire family has it. I'm tired and have sniffles. Most of my family have absolutely no symptoms. Do as you choose. I'm so glad I'm vaccinated. Ooh, okay. End quote. Yes. See, that's a that's a positive. Uh, that's a positive thing right there. So yes, kiss Paul Stanley. Uh, his his family has it. We're hoping that everybody gets you know well and all of that stuff. Agreed. And it 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 plays into why kiss kind of had to cancel a bunch of tour dates oh yeah so we we kind of see now a little bit behind the scenes maybe yeah. uh here's another situation with stp robert DeLeo testing positive for covid he made the announcement on his instagram as well uh so just a lot of touring musicians out there 
testing positive these days. Uh, you know, it is what it is. They're just having to stay stay home, stay with their family, and just be smart about it. But they're surviving. Yeah. You know, they're that's surviving. the ultimate thing. Yeah. Like, uh, that's what, like, like... They're surviving. You know, that's why I, like, hate it being, like, such a media presence, because it scares people. And, like... You know, I don't know. The, well, hopefully the, it scares them in a good way that everybody will be more cautious out there and take the proper precautions. I however guess. you guys see fit. There you go. There you uh, go. That's fine. enough on that. So okay, let's let's fine. move on to some rock birthdays this week, guys. It's only one. It's only one birthday this week disputed? that I could find. And it's not disputed. Charles, take it away. Jeff Lynn. Get to, oh, I see. <laughs> I got to uh, I got I need I need like some uh, some some drums because there's only one I am the one and only Jeff Lynn singer guitarist producer the move electric light orchestra and the traveling Wilburys the traveling Wilburys that was his best my personal favorite work of Jeff Lynn yeah the traveling Wilburys with I mean George Harrison uh, Jeff Lynn Roy Orbison Bob Dylan uh, like conglomerate with um Oh God! Do you remember it, they did like this? Um, Jesus Christ Superstar. No, it was like a. It's a death metal band, right? Traveling Wilburys. John Lennon. It, it was like the Beatles, totally death John metal. Lennon, and John Lennon. It was like a, a tribute to John Lennon. I, I don't think. remember that. No. And John Lennon and cool. uh, Jeff Lynne. Um, Swedish death metal band, Traveling Wilburys. On the drums, and then Tom Petty was there. It was like a Prince was there. It was amazing. oh, you guys oh, no. yes, yes, yeah, Jeff Lynne. Yeah, yeah, yes, Tom. Petty. Yeah, I remember like that. Yeah, there's a lot amazing. of videos. There's a lot of YouTube videos of that. Yeah, and Prince is like shredding it on the guitar. You're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yes, it's a great one. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, they do. While my guitar gently weeps, and they were all inducted at that time. Yes, Yes, super great video. Cool, super group, traveling Wilburys, death metal group. Look it up, folks. (laughs) Shut up. All right, (laughs) let's move on to the trivia, guys. This week in 1995, check it out. This musician was awarded the CBE, which is the commander of the British Empire. Pretty darn amazing. title here a few years later he was knighted by the queen so oh, nice pretty impressive paul who, mccartney who was it was it a paul mccartney b elton john c roger daltrey daltrey or d cocaine commander general <laughs> david c crosby senior <gasps> oh my god who so was awarded hard. the cbe Oh my God! Dolly apparently feels very confident about Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, does she? Yeah, I he has All been right. knighted. Yeah. Uh, I will okay. say that um, most of these people have been knighted. Actually, yeah. yeah, Elton John. I'm just going with Paul. I don't know what year. See, that's the thing. The yeah, year. you don't know, so do 1995. you? 1995. I do. I Who do. was it? I know. I know this answer, and I know it's D, a cocaine commander, General David. C. Crosby Sr. Really? Yeah, exactly. What's the story behind this? So, uh, little little known fact about David Crosby is that he was born in England, and uh, and his yeah, no one knows that. No one knows that. And he hails from a British family, Uh and they were warriors. And cocaine commander General David C. Crosby (laughs) Sr. actually fought a dragon at the Queen's behest. Wow. Yeah, fueled completely on cocaine even before it was it was maximized and it was and it was commercialized. Like, and this was back, you know, before, like, because David Crosby's like, what, 365 years old? So this is back, like, before that time. And so Senior actually was knighted in 1995, right. posthumously. Uh, if I, I hope I said that right. And, uh, <laughs> and he was knighted into the Queen's zone. So, yeah, I'm going to say D. A cocaine commander, General David C. Crosby Sr. Okay, that's a good guess. Dahlia, yep. what do you say? Uh, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I already Paul uh, McCartney, casted right? my vote. As well, a, you're both Paul wrong because it was actually B, Elton John. Oh, what? Yep. What? Yeah, yeah. If you guys remember, you know this is that right when uh, Circle Candle... of Life. No. So what no. year did Paul no. McCartney get guys. <laughs> I just want to know what year. I don't know. It was Candle in the Wind. Don't know. Candle in the Wind. Candle in the Wind, yeah. Was the reason. Yeah, Ah. Candle in the Wind. All right. Yep. Second bonus question here. Oh, this. Oh, here we go. 1999. 
This musician fought off a knife-wielding intruder who broke into his house and stabbed him in the chest. Whoa! The intruder's name was Michael Abram, and he was later acquitted of an attempted murder by reason of insanity. Whoa. Who was it in 1999? Was it A, Duff McKagan, B, Henry Rollins, or C, George Harrison? Or was it D, a Cokefield David Crosby? (laughs) Could have been him that fought off that knife-wielding intruder. Okay, so I would say D, a Cokefield David Crosby. I think he could hold his own against a knife-wielding intruder. Yeah, except... um, Especially if he was Cokefield. (laughs) Yeah, but he, he would never allow himself to get stabbed in the chest. And even if he did get stabbed in the chest, like he has giant plates in his chest. What if he got stabbed in the chest by a Narcan resuscitator because he was on drugs? No, that's true. Oh. If if a, if a, a knife-wielding intruder was just like, we're, we're putting quotation marks here, folks. A knife-wielding you. intruder. Uh, it, yeah, so it would be a Coke-fueled David Crosby uh, but, you know, but I think at this at this particular time, he was RoboCop. So I'm going to go with, I'm not going to say George Harrison because I think he died before this. Mm, yeah. Could and be, could be. Maybe. I know that Henry Rollins, that he actually, um, that he actually can't be killed with a knife or it, like he can't even be stabbed with a knife <laughs> because he's just made of like total steel. Right. And just because uh, he's, he's a liar. Because he's a liar. That's right. He's a liar. Uh, it's gonna. It's got to be a Duff McKagan. What do you okay. think, Dahlia? What do you think, Dahlia? All right. So process of elimination. George Harrison didn't die before 1999. Oh, oh well, check it out, guys. Hold on. I want to. I want to put on, something out. Hold on. Hold on. This person didn't die. <laughs> okay. Hold uh, on. Okay. Well, they well, fought off. No. No. They fought no. off. I'm just playing off of Charles. <laughs> okay. So George Harrison died after 1999. Gotcha. So it's not George Harrison. I don't think it was a Coke-filled David Crosby, you know. I don't know. Henry Rollins? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. But no, I'm going to go with A, Duff McKagan. Yeah. We're both on on Duff McKagan. But he a, a coke fueled Duff McKagan. <laughs> well, I'm glad I put that one in there, but it is actually C. No. Oh. George Harrison, ex-Beatle. George Harrison oh. fought off a knife-wielding intruder who broke into his mansion west of London and stabbed him in the chest. Oh. This happened to George Harrison, and he actually fought him off, went to court. Michael Abram was acquitted of attempted murder by reason of insanity. You are right. Wow. That's so, insane. Yes. That is this insane. this in 1999. George Harrison. I mean, God, what a poor thing for George Imagine, Harrison. Imagine, like, living like, for, like, several years after that yeah. situation. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Uh, a couple random stories here, finishing it off. Ice Cube uh, made some headlines. Rapper Ice Cube lashing out against his uh, against the claims that he shortchanged the Friday actors. Mm. Apparently, the people that were on actors uh, on Friday, people on social media lately saying, hey, they need to pay these guys more. This was a small amount. So Ice Cube responded via Twitter to claims that he shortchanged the actors in the iconic movie Friday. According to TMZ, the rapper-turned-filmmaker cited the 1995's flick's budget of $2.3 million and said actors were paid scale at the time oh, yeah. and yeah. said they didn't have to accept it and yeah. they, they wanted to do it. So yeah, I don't see what the problem is. But if you look at, I think what people are saying is the scale of what they paid them back then was pretty low. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the scale in 19, what, 1995? Yeah, it was a low budget flick that it was it, it like it turned into something. It like made the careers of like a lot of people in that right. movie. So, but they didn't get paid for a lot, and yeah. so that's what it, that's what happens sometimes when you're one of those actors on those films that you never know. You yeah, know? yeah, it could yeah. take off, but you're not, you didn't get paid a lot for it. You weren't a celebrity or yeah. whatever, right? The, the Blair Witch it cost like seventy eight grand to make, and it it overall like budgeted like seventy eight million or something. So right. Like, it's, That's so it's funny. Huge. I was like read an article today that the par- paranormal paranormal activity movie cost fifteen thousand dollars. Oh yeah, to make and they made like a hundred and seventy four million. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were concerned like people were walking out of the theaters like <laughs> not liking the film. Yeah, but it's because they were too fucking scared. Oh yeah, yeah, left. yeah. Scary movie. Definitely right. scary movie. <gasps> Speaking of scary things, a Cheeto in the shape of the Loch Ness monster. Went on sale for eBay uh, for eight thousand 
800, $800, $800, $800, $200, $800, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200, $200
with an Oasis cover band that one Yelp review described as A pretty good Oasis cover band if you gnashed out your knickers. Keep drinking, they'll be better. Alright folks, let's keep calm. Even though we're out of food and out of ale, we can still have fun, yeah? I hate this and I want to cut my ears off. These guys are so bad. Tensions run high as the crowd finds out the drummer has been stockpiling the food in his kick drum. Hey, bloke. That's raw meat and crisps inside your kick drum, isn't it? He's a hoarder. Burn him alive. Burn him alive. Hey, guys, don't look back in anger. Come on, come on. Quickly, a Lord of the Flies situation evolves. And a hierarchy is established within the pub. Women and children, over there. Men and able-bodied people that can lift 50 pounds or more, stand in that corner. We need to stop burning these bodies before the flies get them. During this time, the Oasis cover band is built a makeshift cage around them to protect themselves. Like the band in the movie Roadhouse, where the lead singer is blind and everyone throws bottles at them, but they say safe. Stop playing the same five songs over and over again, it sucks. Boo! Boo you! Boo! Pops on you! Hey, it's not our fault! They only told us we needed to fill a 35-minute set! Oh god! They found a weakness in our protective cage! And our, they're gnawing at our feet! Ah! My god! The crowd quickly turns cannibalistic and resort to extreme measures for survival. Hey guys, false alarm! The road has been open for at least a day now. I don't think it's been more than actually 24 hours of the road being closed. Isn't that funny? Hope everything's okay. Oh, oh my god! Oh! That's right, don't miss the new series Snow Hell 2021 Cannibalistic Oasis cover band in a snowbound English pub. It's the new series on Netflix coming out this fall. No really, who let the fucking American bloke in the pub? <laughs>